young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning and what's up, War Report family? Your man Ike Jones here. It is December the 23rd. As of today, only two transfers have come in to Auburn. What can we do here at the program to make sure we get some momentum going with the transfer portal? We'll talk about that on today's morning drop. Y'all ready? Let's drop it on them. You are now now listening listening to the War Report. The morning drop here this morning. Your man, Ike Jones, C-Dub in the building. Yes, sir. We are talking about the transfer portal, and Auburn hasn't had a lot of luck so far in the transfer portal as far as priority targets. Uh, But let's talk about it a little bit before we get into all that. See how you feeling this morning, man? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. It's cold here. It's really cold. cold. Yeah. Uh, I guess that means, I guess Hugh Freeze got a lot to do with that. We'll talk about (laughs) that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm good, bro. Hopefully everybody else is doing well out there. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us. Uh, but let's get into the conversation. See, transfer portal so far, only two commits thus far transferring over to Auburn. And those are uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, the tight end from FIU who recently signed. He had been, you know, committed, but he just recently actually signed the paperwork. And then, of course, we have uh, the young man out of Vanderbilt. Elijah McAllister, the defensive end uh, edge player that's come over. But uh, we've done a couple of morning drops talking about the quarterback position. As of yet, no quarterback uh, signed. If you listen to Coach Hugh Freeze in his early signing day press conference, he said, we're looking at quarterback if it's the right guy, right? Um, right. Other positions that I think a lot of Auburn fans would agree Um, that we need to get some more people with specifically experienced guys, offensive line, right? We did a good job of signing new kids, but where are the offensive line transfers that are going to be able to step in and play immediately? We've got some on the radar. Nobody has inked it out. We've got a a JUCO guy, right? But no transfer guys. And then linebacker, I think, is another place where people are saying, hey, we need to get some experience ready to come in and play immediately. What are your thoughts on the transfer portal, man? Well, I think... One thing to keep in mind is that a lot of the transfers don't have to commit when a lot of the signees did. Uh, Some of these guys are still uh, waiting to make their decisions. Um, An example of that is running back Dylan Johnson, the former Mississippi State running back. He is waiting to make his decision in January. And a lot of these guys are trying to weigh their options. They probably have a lot of schools they want to visit. And so I think for Auburn, they did the right thing in terms of casting a wide net to a lot of guys just to get on their radar to show that they're interested in these kids. Uh, I think they have to stay on them and remain vigilant for guys who do enter the portal after bowl season. I expect Mm -hmm. to be a second wave of guys who enter the portal. And I think that's where a lot of the evaluations will start from the Auburn coaching staff as it pertains to quarterback. I know that Hugh Freeze 
um, at his presser mentioned linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line is a big one, but we got a lot of guys who we're still favored for as as uh, for O line. I know the Wade kid uh, has to decide between us and USC. Uh, Kite, who uh, the former transfer from Bama, who apparently Auburn is tops on his list. So there's still some guys we're in it for. It's just a matter of when they make the decision, we'll be right there for them to uh, to land those guys. Yeah, so you um you mentioned a, a couple of things. Well, you mentioned Dylan Johnson, and that brought to my mind some other things recently where guys have visited, right? So specifically, we're talking about Leary and then Rara Thomas, right? Both of those right. guys made visits to Auburn, but ultimately chose to go elsewhere. And um, and my question is, is it a hard is it hard to sell these guys that Auburn is a place where you should go? Um, you saw. Ra-Ra Thomas and what's the kid from Missouri, Dominic? Um, I can't, his name's I can't not, think of his name. Yeah, but both of those guys decide to go to Georgia, right? And it's not like Georgia. I mean, Georgia's winning games, but are they throwing the ball a lot? You well, know? they're throwing. They're throwing more than Auburn has in yeah, the past few years. Tight ends. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but but I think I think one of the things that I think it's an optics thing for Auburn at this mm-hmm. point. I think that you're going to have to the the messaging has to be very clear. Love it. Thank you, Dave, for that. Dominic, love it. Yeah. Uh, the message has to be clear that, hey, what you've seen in the Auburn's offense isn't going to be the Auburn's offense moving forward. Especially in the last four games where we were dirt, we were absolutely. basically uh, an academy school. I mean, we were thugging it out just yeah. to get through the end of the season. But I think for guys who aren't familiar with Hugh Freeze, uh, that's the last thing that sticks out in your memory. And so you're curious. You, you didn't know that Robbie Ashford Again, young QB, injured shoulder. You didn't know. You don't know a lot of those things, uh, but you're still. You still don't have a lot of confidence in what the offense looked like. And if you're a Ra Ra Thomas, think about where you came from, mm-hmm. right? They threw the ball a lot, and so uh, those guys is going to take a little bit of convincing. Um, but again, you still have, as it pertains to skill players, skill position players, you still got a lot of guys out there. Uh, yeah. You still got the kid from Oregon. Um, I can't even think of his name right now. Receiver. Uh, who, who, yeah, receiver mm-hmm. who came to visit. I think it's Dante, Dante something, but yeah. uh he's still he's still out there. So you still got guys who are still waiting to make their decisions. But I think from the standpoint of trying to address the QB situation, you're gonna have guys like Robert are gonna commit elsewhere where you feel more comfortable about that situation. And that's interesting too. Dante Thornton, thank you, Owen, for the uh, last name on that one. Um, I think it's interesting because you don't really know other than they've got a lot of talent, what the QB situation is going to be because yeah, they've got talented guys. None of those guys have seen the field in any meaningful way. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. Um, But, you know, I do wonder what was the, uh, the thought process to say, okay, you know, Stetson Bennett's not coming back, but it's Georgia. So we're just going to go in, we're going to chance it and and hope we can, you know, uh, make it work with a guy who doesn't have any real game experience as opposed to a guy we've seen play, but we haven't seen throw a lot. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays forward, especially considering, you know, all of the things that we've heard about how great the QB uh, coaches are here for Auburn right now. When you think about Hugh Freeze and you think about uh, Philip Montgomery and Kent Austin, you know, do they have some proving to do on the field before they can convince a guy that this is the place, you know, I think we all got excited or we all were um, 
intrigued at the prospect of McCall coming because he was mm-hmm. proactive in approaching us. It wasn't a thing where we went after him. He was saying, oh, man, I want to transfer somewhere. Hugh Freeze is the guy who I want to play for. Um, right. I thought, I mean, it's super interesting because his coach went ended up in the place where Hugh Freeze just left from, but he hasn't given them a look. So, um, right. But I, I do find it interesting that that was the case for him, but it hasn't seemed to be the case for some of these other transfer quarterbacks. And there are a lot of them that are out there. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of mutual inf- interest between Auburn and them. So either they're interested in Auburn and Auburn's not interested in them or it's the vice versa. Auburn seems to be interested, but it's not they're not getting the return because it seemed as if Leary was the guy they had circled and Leary was like, nah, Kentucky. Right. Right. Um, Right. So I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. But to your point, it's too early to panic on that sort of thing. There's a lot of time. And I'm still a firm believer in the guys that we have in the room with the right tutelage. They can get to the place where they need to be. I don't think that we are in a worse position with. I think the interesting thing is I don't think that we're in a worse position than Georgia is at quarterback with unknowns out there. Right. You might feel like there's a lot of talent in Georgia's roster. Maybe it's the offensive line, right? Maybe you're saying right. to yourself, well, we know their offensive line is going to be able to go out there and give whoever the new quarterback is some time. So I'm more willing to wait on that sort of thing. But it, I do find it interesting that they have not already solidified um, as far as in the minds of some of these young players that were moving in the correct direction. But maybe after early signing day, that changes the tra- trajectory of a couple of these things. And we start to get some people who are look, taking a second look like, hmm. Maybe Auburn, or as the recruits are saying, why not Auburn? Listen, we talked to Josh Pate about a year or two ago when we had the when when our previous head coach was hired. You got to show something on tape for a lot of these kids. Um, lip service is great, but you got to remember a lot of people are pitching these guys, mm-hmm. and so unlike uh, Auburn, Georgia has something on film. Kentucky has something on film where hey, we at least have shown you what we're trying to do here. Hugh Freeze has to do that to a degree, especially coming from where he's been coming from. We've been keeping in touch with him at Liberty, but not a lot of people have been checking for Liberty like that. Mm -hmm. And you may be too young to remember what he used to do at Ole Miss unless someone may have told you. So I think a big part of that, Ike, is you're going to have to show and prove on the field for some of these kids to where they know, okay, all right. this. So Auburn is changing because, again, there's what Hugh Freeze has done and what he can do, and is what Auburn has done. Mm-hmm. And all people have seen is what Auburn has done. For sure. And so Hugh Freeze has to change that narrative. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they approach this narrative change because it's going to be, in my mind, it's going to be difficult until people see it on the field. So uh, we may need to try to make it work with what we have. And I do wonder how much patience that's going to give or, or, or some of our senior receivers are going to have for that process as well, right? Right. of trying to figure out whether or not we can continue to improve on the field while getting the everyone who's out there on the field up to speed. Uh, We see a couple of comments in here about the Tulsa quarterback entering the portal. Todd Jordan, good to see you this morning. Also, Cappy Man 34 said, I saw on YouTube sports guys say Davis Brin from Tulsa was on our radar. 
thoughts on that. Uh, any thoughts on this at all, C? I'm curious to see what our offensive coordinator thinks. Yeah. Um, you know, it's fun. And, and this is also one of those weird things because, you know, we we signed Hank Brown, uh, the kid who was committed to uh, Liberty. And the, the question was, was Hugh Freeze still interested in him uh, now that he's jumped ship? I'm curious if Montgomery is interested in this guy. I think he may be a little bit undersized. Um, as it pertains to maybe wherever they want to, the direction they want to go QB wise, but it remains to be seen if they reach out to him or if he comes in for a visit. Um, I'm keeping my eye on on that because again, that seems like an easy pull if you want him, right? He's already played for Montgomery under at Tulsa, so he would probably be interested to follow him to Auburn, a chance to play at a Power Five school with a guy you're familiar with. All it, I'm just waiting to see what Montgomery and Hugh Freeze and staff does with him. Yeah, so um, interestingly, I have been, well, not interestingly, but uh, I've been doing a lot of, as you guys know, film review over the last couple of weeks since we've had the announcement of Hugh Freeze and then subsequently Philip Montgomery. And I went and looked at the statistics for all of the quarterbacks that they have coached since, ooh, this goes back to 2003, I think is the earliest that I have here with Philip Montgomery back at Tulsa. No, excuse me. Back at Houston with Kelvin Cobb, I went back to 2003 looking at the statistics for quarterbacks. So Davis Brin, of course, is in that um, 2021 and 22. He was a 59% completion guy, threw for 3,200 yards in 2021, and in 22 threw for 2,100 yards. 18 touchdowns, 16 interceptions in his first year, improved to 17 and 8 in the next year. So I'm not super impressed by those numbers, right? Like I didn't go watch any film on him yet, but just looking at the numbers themselves, even though he had an improvement on his interception to touchdown, touchdown to interception ratio in year two in the system, his number of completions went down. I think he was hurt for a portion of the season, so he didn't play as many games, didn't throw as many passes as well. But I'm not super impressed by those numbers, right? So I don't know what to really do with that. And then from a rushing standpoint, he barely ran the ball. 68 attempts his first season, negative rushing yards with very few attempts the last year. So not super excited by the prospect of Davis Brin, other than the fact that he will already know the system. So he might be a a good person to come in and help mentor people on the system. Um, But I mean, we if, if we're going to get a 50-something completion percentage guy, we got one in the room already that with way better athleticism, right? Yeah, I mean, again, at this point, I'm looking for someone who, who can push our current or our incumbent starter. You know what I mean? Someone who can really help raise uh, his floor mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't – I think we did that several years ago with a certain guy that you you uh were very fond of in the QB room um who shall remain nameless mm-hmm. but I, I'm I'm done with those types of transfers all right mm-hmm. I, I want someone who can legitimately come in and challenge and again we had issues in terms of health at the QB position right and so Hugh Freeze had issues at the QB position right. last year so this is something that I think if Hugh Freeze is going to go out and get a QB you're going to get someone that can really fit what you're trying to do moving forward at Auburn and really push Robbie Ashford. And if he gets injured, if he gets injured, God forbid he doesn't, but you have someone who's proven and capable who can come in and still keep the production going. 
James McAlpine uh, jumps in and talks about some needs that we have. Linebacker, O-line, and interior D-line. Definitely, Thanks. listen, Thanks. Um, when you look at those rooms, those are the rooms. And, and Hugh Freeze said this specifically in his conf- press conference, that these were the places they were looking because he understands fundamentally we can have all the talent on the outside in the world. You got to win in the trenches, especially in this conference. And then if you want to go win national championships, you need to be able to move people and you need to be able to stop people. That's right. how it works. Right. Your, your front seven and your and your five guys up front on the offensive line need to be people movers and they need to be smart players that understand where they're supposed to be and what their assignments are. Um, so these places are key for you to build. And this is the way Georgia's built their whole team. For sure. They're built this way. Interior D-line, offensive line, and linebackers that can get out there in space and, and come downhill against the run. Listen, this is the this is the philosophy of Ron Roberts' defense, right? Stop the run, and based on how they like to run his defense, you need some guys on the interior who who can basically clog up the middle. And you got to have linebackers who can play downfield, right? That's his defense in a nutshell. So all eyes are on these key positions as it pertains to the transfer portal, as well as National Signing Day. Yep, absolutely. Um, Corey Weber jumps in with a comment. Good to see you this morning, Corey. I heard a lot. uh, We heard a lot about our NIL war chests um, being in the 10 million range. Any chance those numbers were inflated? Um, I don't know that they put out anything specific on the numbers, but if it's 10 million, I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't know if they if those fun, I don't know how maybe we need to get Brett back on from on to victory. We did have a conversation with Brett and um, we've got a good relationship yeah. with them to come and talk about how the money allocation works. Even 10 million dollars is not a lot of money. Right. Like You got to think about how right. many guys are on the roster and how far they have to split that dollar up before it gets to an athlete. And the question is, if it is this 10 million for football and do they allocate it per sport? Or how are they doing that? Because $10 million, you know, that sounds like a lot of money to you and me. And if it was just for one person to be able to utilize, that's a lot. Maybe if it was just for one sport, that's a lot. But that's not a lot of money when you consider how many athletes we're trying to support at Auburn University and how many people that dollar gets divided amongst. I heard Kirby Smart uh, talking about how most of his players on his team have NIL deals, Mm -hmm. right? You're talking about almost like 85 players, just about. And, that's a uh, lot of money. And, and let's be clear, that's not just collectives, right? Like the collective is doing a portion, but right. these, uh, some people are d- negotiating their own separate NIL stuff too. So like it's not just on the, the collective to be able to do that sort of thing. The collective has a little bit more strict because they are supporting all athletes and not just right. one specifically. So there are some other things that need to happen from an Auburn standpoint to get us to a good place NIL-wise. For sure. And then my, the point I'm making is we may be – we may have had 13 million, but we don't know what Georgia and Alabama and LSU and all these other uh, universities who have big donors and people who are involved and collectors who are involved with their programs. We don't know what they're doing. And so, again, it's com- we're competing at the same time. Again, we look good against the old misses of the world. But again, mm-hmm. we may be playing catch up to some of these other schools. So I don't know what they got going on, but I'm, I wouldn't say that they're in our numbers are inflated. I just know we're competing with other big programs who have an NIL war chest as well. Yeah, and here's the thing, man. If if Auburn fans are worried about how much money we have in NIL but haven't made a pledge to the NIL, I think that's kind of you know counterintuitive to say Auburn's got to do more with their collective, but you haven't made a pledge. That means that. that means you too. 
Yeah, you, yeah. We, we all got to do more. All got to do our part. In fact, we we at the War Report are trying to figure out what is going to be our responsibility to that NIL collective because we're fans just like you all. And we want to make sure we're doing our part to see the programs and the athletes that we love get all of the support that they need. Uh, Cappy Man 34 jumps in. I saw on, um, okay, we already talked about this when you two Tulsa guy, yeah, I just yeah. didn't make it off the screen. Uh, John Brandon says Jimbo Fisher complaining about meddling when Texas A&M was the team that was meddling is hilarious. It absolutely is. Jimbo Fisher is, he's down a disappointing bad. human being. He's down he's a dis- bad. If down bad was a person, it would yeah. be Jimbo for sure. I don't even understand, um, how he can let some of the things that he say come out of his mouth, but he, he plans, he, he somehow manages to do it with absolutely no remorse whatsoever. Um, Jabba on says 100% Caesar, Caesar easier to recruit with evidence versus a plan. I'll have to agree. Listen, if you see a team that's already in motion, it's, it's more attractive to people to hop on a train that's already in motion for whatever reason than one that's sitting at the station and you know what the destination is intended to be, or you've seen someone successfully do things, um, and you know, hey, or attempt, a, a yeah, or attempt. I mean, again, you don't have to be good at it because the the again, going back to what Josh Pate told us, all you're saying to a recruit is, hey, here's what we're trying to do. You see this QB miss this throw? We believe you can make that throw in our offense. Yeah. Hey, you see that receiver couldn't get to the ball? We believe with your ability, you can make that catch. So you can at least show them, hey, conceptually, this is what we're trying to do. In this offense, we believe when you hear, you can help us make those plays. And I think that's what Hugh Freeze has yet to show at Auburn is yeah. what he's trying to do. You can talk about it, but what has he what has he done so far? Yeah. And, and right now he's leaning on his past successes um, and trying to get kids to buy into stuff that they probably weren't paying attention to when he was successful. Right. right. So we'll have to see. Um. P-Pass says, wait, Kentucky's on film stinks. And that's what I was to, referring to. And yeah. that's what I was referring to. That It may, may have, but they could, they have at least, are they able to show what they're trying to do? So. Yeah. Um, specifically in the past game, like, I don't know, you know, if, you, if you're a running back at Kentucky, yeah, I would, you know, but Thanks. they haven't had a prolific pass offense, even though they have a quarterback that people are saying is going to be one of the top ones off the board. I don't, I don't know what you've seen on film of him at Kentucky that says, yes, absolutely, he's done it at the college level. You see elements of what he can do from athleticism to arm strength to decision-making, but I, you haven't seen anybody put it together at Kentucky from a quarterback standpoint right. since what Tim Couch, right? Like, what was the last quarterback you saw at Kentucky that was like, "Oh yeah, that dude right there"? If you're telling me Will Levis is the answer to that question, I don't know what film you're watching because he's he. Again, I'm not saying Will Levis is trash. That is not the statement. Yeah. I'm just saying not number one draft pick, eye popping statistics type of I stuff think, from him. So I, I think I think that's uh I think that ship is sailed on him being a number one draft pick, but you know. Someone, there's probably still some believers out there. Yeah, somebody's know. trying to talk people into it. Anthony Rudd jumps in. Why are people sleeping on Holden Gariner? This is a great question. I don't know the answer to. Probably just because they haven't seen haven't him seen play. Him. And the only him. real play that you've seen is a couple of throws in a day, and then a couple of throws against Missouri. Outside of that, you haven't seen Holden Gariner do anything. And the misperception by a lot by a lot of people is if he couldn't beat out such and such, he must not be that good. And I just I want people to stop adopting this thought process that 
a a quarterback, any player, not just a quarterback, but specifically since we're talking about Holden Gariner, a quarterback who couldn't beat out Robbie Ashford must not be that good. Number one, Robbie Ashford's pretty good, and he provided us the best opportunity to win in that scenario. So Holden Gariner not seeing the field in front of him doesn't mean Holden's not good, number one. If you're Holden Gariner, you need this staff to close in on a lot of O-linemen. Yeah, pretty much. You you really need them to do that because again, with a good line in front of him, I think he's dangerous. Um, again, you've alluded to it earlier this week that he's very decisive with the ball and it can be very surgical. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this offense, I think he would benefit. I just think he definitely needs some help up front with an O line because unlike Ashford, he does not have the wheels to get out of trouble each and every play. Yeah. Um, P Pass jumps in and says, "Add one." dollar more on subscription features equals direct contribution to nil um we this is one of the things i've talked about we're looking into trying to see whether or not we can do like another tier of our youtube thing and then take money that you all are giving us and put that directly towards nil i don't know like the logistics of how we can make sure that we're reporting that properly because we i want to make sure from a business standpoint that we're doing what we're supposed to do in our donations um, towards them and just we're so we're working through a lot of that stuff so more to come on that great idea something we have definitely already looked into thanks so much for that suggestion and then Corey Weber jumps in facts or not Fairweather leads Auburn in receiving touchdowns in 2023 thoughts on this one see mm. is he early he's an early enrollee right um, I, I'm assuming since he's a transfer guy, he's going to have to be right. Like, I don't know if you can transfer and then not. I don't transfer. know, man. It's too soon to say this. Um, it's too it's too early to say if he's going to lead the team in receiving. I would lean no, uh, because I, I again I like our I like our receiver room already. Yeah. Uh, without any wide receivers coming in, I like who we got. They just didn't get the ball, man. So, yeah. um. I hesitate to say I'm going to probably just go nah on this one just because I just want to see how these guys look in this offense. Like, listen, we got some we got some dogs, man. Like, I'm I'm interested to see what Camden Brown mm-hmm. does. Uh, King is back. So Lando. I mean, I just want to see how these guys look in a Hugh Freeze offense, uh, yeah. a, a Montgomery offense. So we'll see. Yeah, and um, you know that's one of the things I am looking into is like the use of the tight end in this offense. I'm going to go gnaw on this as well. I think you know he's a big target, but I think that there are some guys who can be game breakers for us uh, that will uh, be able to lead us in uh, touchdown receptions in the coming season. So, um, listen, we appreciate everybody for jumping in once again. You are or you have been. We're about to get out of here listening to the morning drop sponsored by Rogue Shop. You guys, make sure you head over to RogueShop.com using code Rapport to get 10% off of your purchase. RogueShop.com is America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop uh, selling CBD, THC, edibles, etc. A lot of things that you can do there uh, for your health and wellness. Head to Rogue Shop. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Use code REPORT 10% off of your purchase. We're holla at y'all, man. That's it. The next morning drop is going to be on Monday. We will not be live Sunday, but we'll have something special for you guys. But if you don't, we don't see you before then. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, we're out. Peace. Drop.